0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to this special edition of Press Podge Radio, where only one dude from Press Pause Radio is on it, because he has got the uh, privilege and honor of uh, bringing on some special guests. This is, this is the part where the special guests say something. Feel free. Make words.
1: Hey there, uh, everybody in Press Pause Radio land. This is uh, Ray Carcillo, the reviews and previews editor for Electronic
2: Gaming Monthly. Uh, and I'm no special guest, but that's fine. Uh, I'm Andrew Fitch, Managing Editor of EGM.
0: Andrew, you totally sell yourself short. And it, it always makes me so sad. You're you're definitely one of my favorite people. I don't know if I got to express that uh, entirely when we ran into each other at GDC, but you, you truly
1: are. Don't sell yourself so short. Andrew is the Eeyore of our group.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and now, no, now that, that, that just depresses me.
0: You know exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah and, you know what's funny too is that like when uh dan posted that uh ugm reunion sh- uh, photo you oh, have yeah, andrew true, yeah, sitting yeah. there and yeah. like he's like one of the few dudes who can say like i'm in modern UGM and i was in past UGM, and he, he even he like doesn't know like sh- like shane baby kind of looked sh- like he was having baby? a better time <laughs>
2: Oh no, Sean, baby! Uh, or Sean, Sean, baby. That's what Yeah, I mean. Not Shane, baby. Shane, Shane baby is uh, someone else. Um, <laughs> no, no, that that was a good dinner, by the way. It was good to see all those all those folks uh, who are far more talented than I am.
0: Jesus, don't <laughs> don't listen to the man. I love though that Ray Ray gave us the credit of land. I'd like to think that we're more of a sovereign state that people can't move out of. We're like Alaska. Like they kind of they kind of just like uh, invested. They they bought in a little too deep and now they're just like, oh well, I mean, looks to the left and right. like this is this is what I do now, this is what I am. So
1: But nothing anyway. Wrong, nothing wrong with it. As long as they're as long as they're happy in the in the, the sovereign state then of Press Plus Radio, which I believe they are, so
0: I we we can only assume. I mean they <laughs> the, the downloads speak for themselves, right? Just fucking like forty bots mostly. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, hey. So we just finished GDC, and uh, I also like uh, you guys didn't have to go to PAX. I I could not. We explained prior that uh, a lot of us had difficulty going, and then when I was able to go, my uh, flight got canceled. So it's one of those weird weekends. But I'm also I don't know. I'm slightly relieved.
1: Yeah, it's been it, PAX East has now been redubbed as PAX Hoth. So um you know you're probably better off avoiding the east coast until at least april at this point probably may because uh yeah you're not the only one george a lot of folks seem to have had travel issues flights recanceled or you know canceled or rescheduled um you know i know a lot of folks actually had to get out of out of gdc on wednesday which is really early just to try to avoid um or make up for for canceled flights so it's it, it was definitely uh, a, a weird year, not only for the two shows going on at basically the same time, but because of the uh, uh, horribly inclement weather happening back east.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't know how many times I saw it, but it could have been more appropriate because generally, like, one of my favorite GDC memes is the Britney Spears one. Uh, but I saw, I don't know how many Jack Nicholson memes I saw frozen in ice, but it was totally true. Um, and I don't, I, I, I just, I don't do well in the cold weather, like, I, oh, I, I still can't fucking fathom just exactly how like people in East coast does it. Like as far as our, our friends, colleagues and listeners, like you fucking people. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really think that like we, we hold a lot of privileges out here in the West coast as much as like, you know, internet culture and popular culture would like to make it seem as it is. But the one privilege I will definitely tout over is the fact that, it 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 doesn't look like a fucking white asshole like uh over here (laughs) as much as it does over in in your neck of the woods uh so uh, apologies again east coast sorry not sorry (laughs) um but yeah uh, i mean this is still a pretty eventful gdc i mean um a lot went down uh i think it like generally gdc's known for like some weird shit but like i think this year is finally the year where like the weird shit works i mean it's not like and like when i mean weird shit i'm like oh here here's a toothbrush that you can play a video game with like that's stupid but that's that's the shit that you'll find at gdc here is like uh, i think like last year was dubbed the virtual reality year i think this year is essentially that that year coming to fruition or i think the the most plausible potential for said vr between uh what uh oculus was showing off and morpheus and even like other upstarts that people had no idea uh were even uh messing around with it so i don't know did you guys get to check out any of the vr
1: yeah we got we got to see a fair amount of vr i I think i agree with your assessment that this was the year where we're starting to see this was really the year of virtual reality right this was the this was the year this was the year where everybody's going all in with it, even people who were like, "Yeah, you know, we have a, we made a PC game and a PS4 game, uh, but you know, now we, now we've got Oculus uh, compatibility with it, or now we're gonna, we're gonna plan on porting it to Morpheus, and we have coming up with virtual reality controls, you know." So you're really starting to see, I think that this is actually going to be a real thing, you know. Uh, I think I was on the virtual reality front. I was surprised that, you know, Oculus had a strong presence, and because of their, you know, they sold so many dev kits, a lot of folks were showing off with Oculus, but. Morpheus and, and Valve's Vive are going to actually come to market first because Oculus still hasn't announced a consumer product of any sort beyond what they're doing with the Samsung gear. Um, Which is so, weird
0: considering they have all that Facebook money. Like, yeah, they
1: have all that Facebook money. I mean, when you think of virtual reality, I mean, no offense to Sony and no offense to Valve, of course, but you think of Oculus because they're really the ones who are kind of at the forefront of getting this virtual reality movement going. And for them to kind of still not have like a a consumer headset ready to go or at least ready to show off was really, really kind of startling. And and I I don't know if it's because Sony put more money into it or Valve, of course, with their partnership with HTC. Uh, But like you said, they've got the Facebook money now. And I really thought that that part of the reason why they made that deal was that now they would have the resources that those other companies have to kind of take this to the next level. And they haven't yet.
0: You know – and I don't know exactly if there's some sort of like moratorium or embargo that's in place that, that legally can't be discussed uh, on, on part of uh, Oculus because of the Facebook acquisition. But I, I kind of feel like that even, with, even, even though that there's more of a, an accessibility as far as Uh, independent development goes that doesn't have to go through Valve or Sony that like people can uh, easily shift towards Oculus with that the likelihood of it hitting market soon is all going to depend on uh, just how many applications that uh, Facebook has in mind for because at this point like they, they Facebook is they're sort of the people in charge of whether or not they they would deem it even for market. I, I I'm curious to see exactly how they'll market it as well because it you know it's still a gaming peripheral first and foremost, but they're still outfitting it with a bunch of multimedia applications. Like it's kind of like the way Microsoft geared the marketing with Xbox One being the all-in-one media device. Uh, is I think where the the direction that Facebook wants to take Oculus with. So I I don't know. But what was what was your game that definitely sold you on VR? Because I think we all may have picked the same game. Uh, I, I barely like I wasn't initially supposed to check it out, but I was lucky enough to get a chance to play uh, one VR game with the Morpheus. And I actually, uh, I didn't get to see it last year. But from what I'm hearing, they made vast improvements uh, ergonomically and just uh, functionality wise with the Morpheus. Um, but did you guys have a game of uh, a particular merit that you guys wanted to highlight? Sold you on VR?
2: Um, I I did. I don't know if it's the same game as Ray. Um, but we saw a uh, time machine, uh, by uh, Vander uh, Caballero who did a uh, Papo and this is sort of his uh, foray into VR. And uh, to me, it was the most uh, most comfortable I've been with with headset on me. Uh, that's normally been my issue uh, among other things is, is uh, I can't go for very long I, 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 uh, I think 15-20 minutes is kind of the limit for me right now um, and I, I thought that it, it's sort of, it's a game where you're sort of tra- transported back into the past and you have to uh, take pictures of, of scan dinosaurs and make sure you don't get caught in because of time paradox um, and I thought that just it, it, it sort of melded the exploration and uh, game elements uh, of VR uh, in a way that uh, I haven't seen before. It was, it was the most impressive VR game I've, I've played. Granted, I haven't played a huge amount uh, over the years, but to me that was the most impressive uh, VR demo. I, I, I've seen it as far as the actual game goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Time Machine, I think it was definitely up there. I mean, we wanted to see more VR than we did, but Sony and Valve, as soon as they saw us coming, turned us away. So mm-hmm. um, we didn't get to see probably as much as we would have liked to, at least from their front. But um, I definitely know that um, in terms of VR, that I think Time Machine definitely, uh, you know, actually, and I'm not going to do Time Machine. Uh, just because I don't want to be the same as Andrew, but I, I want to get a little more love out there for a game called uh, Narcosis that I saw, which is basically kind of like, I mean, they described it as gravity, but you're underwater, kind of like set in that you're in an underwater mining facility where an accident happens and everything floods and you're the only one left and you kind of start to go crazy and you're in the, just, this diving suit. And it, it had a real kind of like a Silent Hill vibe to it because like you know you're you're getting around you're starting to hallucinate and like you have to go down this one corridor and when you turn around the corridor behind you is suddenly completely different. So like I mean I think this is where like virtual reality can really have an effect on people because it's you know a, you know virtual reality survival horror where mind you the monsters are just like these sea creatures and not like zombies but like this the the kind of messing with your head was like. Really, something that got my heart rate going and really got me excited and really pumped up, and also actually really scared. So I'm really kind of like looking for Narcosis was a game that from uh, guys over at Honor Code Inc that uh, really kind of kind of showed off an experience that I've been looking forward to in virtual reality for a while and hadn't really seen until then.
2: Yeah, my, my as I told you when we played that, my one issue with that game was um, that uh, with VR we don't really have the sort of uh, conventions and and the intuitive uh you know feeling that that we know where to go just intuitively just by playing a game uh i know that i i believe you as as well as me we both kind of had issues figuring out okay what 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 is the right way to go how am i supposed to interact with this it was uh a little unclear um i mean once i did it, 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 i i enjoyed it but uh that's one. i think one, that's one of the problems uh that vr is gonna have to face is it's sort of a whole different interface that people are gonna have to figure out okay what's the best uh what are the best conventions to get people to go in the right direction because uh actually uh, like when, when i was playing they said oh we, we spent all this time scripting the sequence and a lot of people are, are missing it um you know, whereas I think with a with a normal game, a normal non VR game, they they wouldn't miss it. So um, I think that to me seems like one of the big challenges with VR.
0: I think if anything, properly applying it is going to be one of the biggest hurdles that they come across. And not only that, but acclimating it to uh, basically an, an accessibility that that won't alienate a, a lot of people because, especially within the Japanese market. Uh, motion sickness is an issue without VR even being thrown into yeah. the equation. So, like mm-hmm. for me, uh, I got to check out Megaton Rainfall with VR, and holy shit! It it would like I, 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 it was funny because like Russ uh, Russ Frustrick was in the media room and he was talking about his experience with it and how he got super sick and he didn't even really like put two and two together but he just like they they had fucking barf bags at at where like they were showing the game and i went and saw and while th- that there was that momentum it was really hard for me to kind of separate that line between uh emulation and actually doing it so there are t- it's kind of like when you're in rim sleep and you're dreaming so hard that you're doing something in momentum that you'll find yourself fucking barreling out of your bed uh yeah yeah, that that's the sensation that i got to the point where i'm just like whoa like last year uh what like i I believe valkyrie uh eve valkyrie was like the one that really sold me and then hawken was uh also a pretty good application of it but it was still rather rough and there was still like a lot of edges to work out also among the sleep this year however uh was was a bit uh, different and i didn't get the chance to really play anything like on morpheus uh but i think the biggest like i don't know the, the biggest thing that i that i had as far as the takeaway from it was definitely the the, the ergonomic uh like utility of it like I, b- the difference between like the oculus and morpheus was that i felt like a lot of the weight was placed on like my head and not so much on my face so i didn't feel like i was hunched over way down and it was definitely way more comfortable um And I I don't know, I I wear glasses, so even then there are times where I'll get, like, that fatigue of wearing glasses uh, day in and day out, and I'll take off my glasses at times, and it randomly happens, but I I didn't kind of have that to where um, I I felt like my face was constricted or otherwise confined, like, if that makes sense, like, I don't know, it, it was funny enough my like my biggest takeaway was just how comfortable that headset was and then we we did some stuff with the move which i don't know about you guys but i i fucking love playstation move like i'm like that was probably one of the you're the one
2: guy i think i'm the one yeah. guy.
0: well <laughs> fuck it like I, you know everybody always looks at me like weird but like i i i don't think i would have been able to play heavy rain have it had it not been the move so really yeah i i hate the controls like i despise the controls uh any other way other than the move controls
2: with the move, eight. do you still press X to Jason?
0: <laughs> you can if you have the nunchuck, yeah. uh, the or whatever they want to call it, the nav Or yeah, the controller. wand or
2: whatever it is, I, I don't know. Well,
0: yeah, well, it, 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 it felt like sodomy on my thumbs and fingers when you just use the controller otherwise. Like, I have never played anything that was so unintuitive when I first played it. And then, like, just all the applications and the way they... Uh, utilized it with the move like felt so natural and way way but it's kind of like when you map a pc game poorly to a console controller that's exactly the way heavy rain felt and then like i felt like the move like properly bridged all those flaws but you know that's neither here or there um that, that was like one of the biggest excitements for me when the playstation 4 uh was first teased. i'm like oh yeah that thing that you guys thought we fucking abandoned we're we're gonna allow you to do it but you know we got plans for it and kind of utilizing that injunction with vr i think is where like move will will see a, a second breath how now how successful that second breath may be who knows but considering that all those accessories have gone on various uh ranges of clearance across fucking retailers everywhere uh, if anybody was like stoked into picking it up now i i highly recommend it um but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really get the chance. To, I mean, there, there was basically they were showing off some utilities. And, and yeah, that, that like line of inertia uh, between like being able to distinguish the fact that like, all right, if I move like it, 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 there, there were to- uh, times where I got a little too engaged and like my brain had to remind me like, uh, shit, like I'm, I'm sitting or standing here. So I, it, it's still a long ways to go as far as I, I think... Uh, Application-wise, how how they utilize it, uh, I think it might be like Wii U gamepad status, where it's a really nifty concept that that's not gonna like see a whole lot of uh, I don't know follow through. At least not yet. Not until like we find a situation that works for it. I mean, fuck. The, the, I mean, let's look at the Connect.
1: Yeah, the Connect's dead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. Hey, what's going on dude? How you doing? Uh well. Same old, same <sighs> old really. Ah, 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 geez, ah. What how'd you do that? What happened? I, t- I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, oh, now that's it's the e- wrong e- kind e- of tweak. <laughs> it's these earbuds I wear. Like I think I'm gonna be working out, so I wanna have the right earbuds to work out and run. if I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself like I just did.
0: Yeah, you're subscribing to
3: the wrong Mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, Mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio. Jesus, tweaked audio. Dude, they're
0: tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors. And not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions. So that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know,
3: calling for a doctor. Because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Those those, those cost way too much money, though. I I don't think I could afford a a pair of earbuds that don't tangle. Because they all do. They always tangle up. (sighs)
0: You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for uh, just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's
3: PPR. You just got to type PPR. PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me up, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some yeah, help. Man. Can you prop me up, oh, please? Man. All right. Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. Oh, honestly, man. I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? lifetime of warranty would be amazing because i'm very very clumsy and also i i live on a limited income because i buy way too many earbuds so i need to buy one <laughs> i need to buy one pair and be done so i think this is the one i'm gonna get man go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out yeah dude enter in the code ppr
0: and you can get 33 off some new earbuds uh but before we do that let's Let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Can we ice this?
3: Thank you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> One of the connect is accidentally turning on the console. That seems to be the biggest use that I ever see for it is it's accidentally turning on the console.
1: Yeah, but I constantly game... I constantly have to unplug my connect whenever I'm home just so that I don't accidentally turn my Xbox One on.
0: see. I never have that problem because I, I there's a there's a way you can just turn that functionality off. Like I only have it to where I can turn it off. What's funny is I found out that my PlayStation camera added that to the PS4, so now you can turn it off by talking to your PlayStation camera. But it works as well, slash not as well. So you know who knows. Um, but yeah, VR aside, I mean, I, I didn't get to check out those other games that you guys were talking about. I would, I would have loved to, to be honest. Um, I think just, just Megaton. I mean, Oculus were, more or less they were showing off uh, refinements. But yeah, every time the Oculus is shown off, they they definitely uh, find a way to improve it to where it is much better uh, in terms of functionality and hardware than it was prior. Uh, and I, I did order a, a dev kit, too, just so that way if, uh, if there are any points where, like, there are press builds or any builds available that I can just, like, fucking pop it in. And I've, I've enjoyed mine so far. Um, I, I, I don't know if I spring up for the next version until it hits uh, consumer market. But, yeah, it, it's strange to me that, like, uh, those... Controllers. I'm sorry, those controllers, those headsets, uh, even though they were the... As you mentioned, Ray, they were on the forefront of things and they kind of pioneered the idea to begin with that they're going to be late to the party uh, as far as uh, Sony or uh, a Valve is concerned, especially when they arguably have the same
1: kind of financial standing. So Yeah. It's no, it's, it's very true. I definitely... Yeah, I, I, I thought about getting a dev kit too, but then I saw Crescent Bay and then was like, well, the thing is, is they keep... Like you said, they keep iterating so quickly on new headsets that I'm at this point I want just a consumer headset just so that yeah. you know there's something I can just be like, all right, this is the one. But there's also the issue of I worry that they're going to get into a pattern where they're constantly iterating and then they forget they have to actually start selling these things for people to be excited about it anymore. You know, like they're like, oh, we can improve this. We can improve this. We can improve this. And you keep getting all these code names and you keep making slight improvements. But then you're only ever going to see it at a a trade show like GDC. And it's like you guys got to get this stuff into the consumer market like a little bit better. And like you get it on shelves at a Best Buy or a Walmart or whatever. Don't, you know, you know, just just, don't just sell a limited amount through your website. You got to actually, you know, for people to actually understand what this is for the general consumer to understand what this is, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's only to some degree, I mean, even though there there's a lot of potential and it's advancing more and more. If you take too long on this sort of thing, I mean, there there's a finite, uh, I guess, shelf life of interest in the fucking rat race of attention span that we call, like, modern consumerism in electronics. Uh, it, it, there's only so far that you can kind of, like, gear people up for it before they just don't give a shit, like, anymore, <laughs> yeah um but aside from that there there is also another thing i was curious to see if you guys got to check out because i i definitely missed the ball on this one but i heard a lot of uh mixed responses uh do you guys get to check out the steam controller that valve uh had also brought to the floor
1: no by the time we, we we went we went to their booth as soon as we could and they were already like all our appointments are full and and we're not taking anybody else so it's like it was really disappointing because yeah like valve they had probably the biggest announcements of the show, and then they had the, the least amount of opportunity for people to actually kind of go see it. And if you weren't on their yeah. their their particular list, which is a shame too, because they had amazing catering at their booth. You could see it through <laughs> the window, and it was like it was like I felt <laughs> like 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 I felt like I could like I put my hands against the glass like I like, like, like a starving like I was like like I was all over twist and I was like, "Please, sir, can I have some? Can I have some porridge?" And it was just like you know they had this amazing spread in there, and I was like, "Damn." I wish they would let me come in.
0: That reminds me of my very first GDC. I don't remember how, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was after the IGF. I was stumbling around town drunk, and I ended up at, like, some fucking Konami event, and, like, it was just an all-you-can-eat sushi bar, and I woke up at Mailbro or Mailbray, I'm sorry, with, like, just, like, fucking piles of sushi in my peacoat pockets.
1: Nice. I I
0: really don't know how I ended up there, but, yeah, that totally (laughs) reminds me of that that situation um as far as games go there were definitely a lot of uh games going on what was funny is like there was this experimental uh event that 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 started uh in 2013 uh then it made another appearance last year and uh it went on again this year and funny enough to me is uh there is actually more attention given it to uh, given to it this year because uh, some of the games they may actually the developers were thinking about actually like bringing to a uh, consumer market. But uh, Train Jam uh, was uh, getting weirdly enough uh, a little bit more uh, spotlight. And uh, aside from that, uh, the people behind Night in the Woods and uh, Gemini and some other games they also did uh, Mild Rumpus. But I, I saw there were a lot more. Uh, GDC play like exhibits uh, that kind of separated themselves from the floor and uh, I-, I guess from the uh, whole outline of GDC to begin with and kind of did their own thing just using the traffic at GDC um, did you guys get to check out any of these games gonna I mean Indie Megabooth has been working with GDC the last couple years uh, so aside from that then there's uh, IGN's collaboration with Media Indie Exchange with Mix. Uh, yep. Then there's Mild Rumpus, which uh, made its premiere this year, and I guess it's going to be a thing that uh, essentially is is going to occur at every other GDC. I mean, at, at this point, I, I I don't you know is this a good thing? Because I feel like uh, this may kind of dilute uh, GDC as, as uh, I I don't know if I want to say standards, because like GDC has never been. Uh, High up there for like their benchmark and and what they accept for submissions. But it's just, it was just weird to me like how many events were sanctioned at GDC without actually being a part of the official GDC curriculum. Like, did you guys notice that especially this year?
1: Yeah, no, there was a ton of events that were off site. I think this is the most I've ever been off site for GDC in the 44 years now that I've done it. So, I mean, Part of part of it is also is that I think that publishers are kind of accepting that GDC is really a chance for indies to kind of thrive. So you're not seeing you're also not seeing any really big shows. Like uh, Sony was there, Valve was there, but that was really it on the show floor from like any of the big, really big come to co- traditional companies. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers had a little thing, and Nintendo and Microsoft had little things offsite but everything else was really just indie driven and yeah i think it's i think it's interesting because um well first off it's it's bad for retailers retailers hate it because they have no they have no product to push but obviously it's i think it's good for the industry because i think this is this is the direction that we're going to end up going for a while is that you're going to have you know a lot some the best games that we've had in the past few years have been from smaller development teams having you know being having passionate ideas coming together and you know teaming up with a Microsoft or a Sony to uh you know or even in you know even a Nintendo on the rare occasions to to um you know get their product out there and 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 show off uh just what small teams can do and there, I think those have been the freshest ideas. I think GDC now has become synonymous with that. So now every, like the entire indie scene shows up and they've realized that not only are the indie from the like the industry but they're indie from you know, from the traditional, you know, I guess, ec- economic model, but they're kind of indie from GDC, you know, like they're just, it's a chance for them to know that there's a lot of people going to be in one place. They can show off their games. And if they, if you want, GDC is, is going back to becoming really just a conference to talk about games, for people to learn about games, learn how to make games. And it's less becoming a trade show where the people are there to just show stuff off. Um, You, you know, if you, you kind of get what I'm saying where it's not like,
0: I, I get what you're saying too, but I feel like with the introduction of Pack South and just the fact that like uh, that this is going to occur again, where I feel like events are kind of going to clash. I mean, there was Indiecade uh, prior, uh, and then Pack South. I feel like at some point there's gonna there's gonna be a I guess a a stock of priority over uh, what would be, and yeah, I think GDC is going to become something that's more that it's going to be taken back by the indies because
2: I feel like I think it already has been.
0: Yeah. I mean like last year, for example, like phantom pain in ground zeros, like had a big presence, uh, by Konami and there were some other important announcements. And then there was Morpheus. Like it was, it was one of those weird years where like a lot of the, uh, bigger names like used it as a platform to really get people excited. Uh, about certain things but this year i mean it it was like they hardly had a presence there i mean even like nintendo has slowly like been dwindling from a lot of the trade show events uh sans e3 like they they're barely at pax i don't even think they're at pax this year to be honest they they they've been bowing out lately from that it's mostly Um,
1: i know they i i think they do have a small presence at pax east because i think they're showing off splatoon but no, it's not yeah, it's not
2: a they definitely
1: do yeah it's not it may not necessarily be as big as in previous years though but i definitely know that they're showing off splatoon because i saw people on twitter freaking out over
2: it But <laughs> they usually I, have a decent decent presence at pax prime but of course they're seattle based so
0: yeah that's i was about to sense. say that that one awkward tier where all they had was like mario sports mix and kid icarus uprising i think that's my favorite that was like those were the two games. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a lot of uh, weird announcements. Like uh, I, I noticed that Sega was, there were no plans for Sega to arrive at GDC, which was already a bit disconcerting. But uh, within the same notion uh, this week, they've officially confirmed that they're bowing out of uh, the console market. And I, I believe also PC, and they're only focusing their efforts.
2: Well, no, I don't know. It well, no, PC. Told- I believe
0: it's digital and mobile.
2: Total War uh, is PC, so they're going to keep going with that.
0: Yeah, but they're focusing their efforts more towards uh, digital and PC, which, I don't know, it it definitely does uh, echo, I don't know if it echoes the state of Sega, whether or not this is a uh, a move that kind of shows their vulnerability, or more or less it just, I don't know, it kind of highlights that they're, trying to acclimate themselves to the ever-changing climate of, of distribution and gaming in general. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. Uh, weird, Weirdly enough, too, like, um, Scott Cawthorn dropped Five Nights at Freddy's 3 out of nowhere during GDC. So there was, a, there was a lot of excitement for that. Weirdly enough, I've never seen a game get so much excitement and not fucking be at the show at all. <laughs> it just it just totally uh, dropped. But yeah. Um, the iGF Pavilion actually had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different new games. So, did you guys check out anything that was over at the pavilion?
1: Um, I'm trying to
2: think, we didn't have yeah, we had much time. Well, we, there. we talked
1: to we talked to the guys at eight. We talked to the guys at eighty days.
2: Yeah, we the, were there. They, we, uh, we, were over
1: the, we, we were over there for a little bit. We saw their Sor- Sorcery Three um, that they've got coming out. Um, you know, obviously, eighty days. They won an award, uh IGF award, the uh, um, over, they won over quite a G- few. Eighty days. No, actually, the awards were weird this year. They go every. They only the only um, only one game got two awards from uh the IGFs this year. Oh, I I can't. Monument
0: Valley, I believe, is it? But no, it was Monument Valley and eighty days. There were the there were the two big games that really uh got a lot of attention. If anything, I found it strange that like if I if I took a shot for every fucking category that vanishing of Ethan Carter got nominated for, like Jesus, I'd yeah. I'd be pronounced dead at the scene.
1: Yeah. Like, but it's a, it's a shame because it didn't really it, it only I think it only won one award. Like no, it didn't about, win any. It didn't win any, right? So like it got it got all these nominations and then it was like, well, you're 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 almost good enough, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, as I told Ray, I don't really care about awards of any stripe they're just they're just arbitrary collections voted uh, on by who knows who i mean if you look at like the academy awards for example you look at the look at the people off the record who say uh how they voted and the reason it's like oh like for made animated film for example it's like oh my kids like this i'll vote for it i just i feel like and i don't trust any sort of voting thing like uh, i like what i like and you know that's that's all i need i don't need any sort of validation via, via awards. So it, was it, nice, it was nice that Shadow of Mordor finally got something, though, I will say. I will say. Yeah,
0: it got uh, the GDCA
1: Game of the Year. Kind of making up for losing its Game of the Year at DICE a month prior. And, I, remember that, I remember that was a big upset where people... Basically, Shadow of Mordor got eight of the nine awards it was, it was nominated for at DICE. And then the ninth, which was Game of the Year, went to Dragon Age, which personally I agree with. But everyone just thought it was funny because it kind of just the whole trend of the evening was like it was going to go Shadow of Mordor's way. And then, again, Shadow of Mordor got nom- actually got nominated for a lot here at GDC. And the only one it took away was Game of the Year.
0: Yeah, I was actually surprised that Bayonetta 2 was even recognized. Um, I think that was actually, beside from that and Captain Toad or Smash Brothers, those were the only three Nintendo games. Which, I haven't seen a Nintendo game outside of uh, handhelds. Uh, really get nominated or even recognized at the GDCAs for uh, some time. So that whole
2: thing—did they ever do? I I don't recall. Did Pikmin Three get anything uh, when it came out?
0: No. No. Interesting.
2: Yeah, Pikmin Three—that
0: it, it, it's almost as uh, obscure as the sequel. Like the—I think the only time that Pikmin ever received any serious recognition. Was when it first came out as a launch title on GameCube, and then other than that, it's always been like this fun thing that like fans are are driven to, but th- they're more or less uh, along it's, the lines within the same Nintendo crowd.
1: It's been been surprisingly niche niche for what has what has become kind of a Nintendo, you know, one of one of uh, tried to become a, a big Nintendo franchise. I mean, like you said, you've had three games, you have Alamar and Smash Brothers, and like they have tried to push Pikmin, and yet it's become surprisingly niche for a big nin- what's supposed to be a big Nintendo title
0: yeah and I, I if anything too it kind of like speaks in tandem with uh Nintendo's I don't know I, I don't know say direction or more or less effort with allocation because I mean it, it you couldn't even find that physically if you fucking tried which uh I mean it's there on eShop though if they only had the uh if they only had the I guess the hardware, the resources to make their 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 digital distribution a bit more accommodable as far as storage wise. Um, but yeah, I, I think this year definitely was the year that all the weird shit that like GDC is infamous for like actually worked. Like I I played a lot of different uh, indie games and like also a really big focus that I saw. I mean, it, it's been done here and there, but like. A lot of focus has been done on like narrative. I mean, they generally between the panels that are there. There's the the narrative event panels that happen, and Yuri Hornman, Zoe Quinn, uh, a lot of people definitely led uh, most of those panels. I, I've noticed that like all of the, I guess all of the uh, wisdom that's been imparted by uh, you know a lot of different uh, iconic devs uh, the last couple of years have been implemented in a lot of new. Uh, efforts that have that have been pushed to the uh, indie scene, so to speak, uh, at, at GDC, and one of them in particular, uh, and it was able to take the student award away at IGF. It is also one of my favorites. Was Close Your. I don't know if you guys got the chance to check that out.
1: No, unfortunately, I not. not. No. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's really weird because it's a choice-driven game, but in in the manner that it's a choice-driven game, because it's not the choices themselves aren't entirely spectacular or, or even the aesthetic the big hook behind it and it really works because that's that's when it kind of uh you, you kind of distinguish the level of of gaming trying to, to game the situation other than trying to organically play off of what's going on is um the premise is you're born from childhood into adulthood And in order to advance the coming years, it's kind of, in my opinion, an allegory over, like, within, you know, your whole life flashing before your eyes. Uh, The game advances by you blinking. It it has a webcam requirement, and that's part of the hardware that uh, you use to play the game. The only way to advance one scene over the other is to blink, so, with every scene, you're given, like, a variety of choices. Some can be as arbitrary as, like, hey, what'd you eat for breakfast this morning? To, like, do you still love me? And, you know, there you'll blink, and there are times, biologically you'll blink involuntarily, especially if you try to, like I said, try to fucking game it and, like, just keep your eyes open because you don't want to miss out on an important conversation tree. And then, you know, your body is trying to make up for the lost blinking that you fucking force it to go through, so it blinks multiple times. The game will fucking register that, so you can skip, you can you can just skip multiple scenes, and it, it it's dark in a manner, like, I ended up, my, my particular playthrough was, I was able to get through to college and i was able to get my degree in uh business and economics as well as uh a business analyst uh and i was able to get a job i was able to fall in love with my college sweetheart and marry them but within like fucking up a few times i became this alcoholic that got fired (laughs) and then like my very loyal husband I, and I ended up being I, I didn't know if I was gay or if I was a woman like it, it like it's very ambiguous in kind of giving you any sort of exposition other than like it's it, like it, it really focuses like driving everything from a cipher perspective where you try to impart as much uh personality and an immersion from your end as possible so they they try to choose really vague dialogue but the dialogue worked but yeah I I was essentially like, hardcore struggling with alcoholism and every time i was trying to make a choice where i promised my very loyal at this point like they should have like realistically fucking left me after the shit that i put them through because like i i ended up vomiting on my boss because i came into work drunk that badly like i was a problem like the, the even the game would present itself to where like i had blurred vision and i wasn't able to move around it was from a uh, first person perspective but yeah i it was to the point where, like, my alcoholism was so bad that, like, I um, was suffering from a, a rare type of cirrhosis to where I damaged my nervous system. So I wasn't even supposed to be walking. And, and my husband still didn't fucking leave me. He still chose to drive me around. And I, I was able to make a couple promises, like, I'll get better, I promise. Um, <laughs> and I had this buddy that I used to work with at the bar who was a horrible, bad influence who, who started me on this path that, like, it, had I not... Fucked up those choices, I would think, just from skipping past them from my blinks prior, I probably wouldn't have dealt with this sort of uh life-changing situation. But yeah, I ended up getting into an accident and it was a really hardcore situation where my husband just like just blink if you can tell me that you're okay. Like it was it was a very engrossing situation. It's so silly too, because I mean the aesthetics kinda give this like impression that it's it's a weird little experiment, but like it it like Quickly transitions into something that you become very involved with, and like every playthrough is entirely different. And there's there's no like it doesn't telegraph how something will go because like you would think that like keeping your eyes open that you you're you're staying on top of something important. And like I said, it could be as semantical as just like do you want that with paper or plastic because you're at the fucking grocery store. It was really weird um definitely uh, I wish I, I wish i'd played
1: it <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no I'm, I'm curious now i definitely want to like <laughs> uh,
0: yeah i mean they're 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 definitely um they they got the student award from the igf and their plan like what they had mentioned is not only uh did they work their uh, tech around the game to work with almost every webcam but they said that it works really well with Kinect and they are part of the ID program so we may even see this on three uh, I'm sorry in on Xbox One yeah. so
1: oh that'd be great something to finally use the Kinect for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it doesn't require you to jump around your living room and get exhausted in 15 minutes
0: yeah I think that was a really like unique like it's one of those things that I think would really work out incredibly well they're even saying that if they wanted to that they could even get the camera on the gamepad to work with it because it doesn't like the I, I would say that the I'm trying to remember how exactly they presented, it, but the mechanics and the science behind the way we blink and the amount of effort uh, from the camera to register something like that is actually really minimal because it, it, it's always uh, when when a human like the way we blink, uh, they're like, for example, the way we would move the kinetics behind moving a limb is mm-hmm. like entirely more advanced than that of us just blinking. So I thought it was a really unique direction they said that is actually much more simple than like the premise would make it sound. And yet, can they were able to mine something really creative out of it? So they're like, we could even bring this to fucking eShop if we wanted to, but we're we're trying to we're we're trying to gradually start off slow and then pick up steam from there. So I don't know, like that that to me was like the same feeling I got from Gone Home when I first played Gone Home at the IGF. So I really feel like that game will uh, steadily gain some ground. Um, but yeah, there is definitely a lot more games. Like, I was I was really happy that Ephemerid uh, got nominated. Speaking of Ephemerid, uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but let's fucking shove it out there because it's a big, big elephant from the week. Uh, Rock Band 4. You guys oh, going to yeah. go in your closets? You guys going <laughs> to yeah. go on Craigslist? Get them fucking nasty instruments back in? Just play that shit? <laughs>
1: I'm
2: just yeah, now, I am just. I, well, really, yeah.
1: I was really excited about the Rock Band 4 announcement. I'm also excited the fact that they're going to allow you to bring back all your DLC tracks, uh, transfer them over to the new systems, Xbox One, PS4. And yeah, and it's interesting that they're going to allow you to use... They said that the new instruments they're having, Mad Cat's Craft, are going to be better would be better suited for the Xbox one and PS4 obviously I'm sure they made some technological tweaks and whatnot, especially they, on the microphone but if you wanted, you could use your old instruments still since most of, since they're all USB based and you can they should still they'll be compatible with rock band four see this is what I'm curious
0: about because like the big loophole in the whole situation last time the way you you kind of exploited the cheat code if you will was like just using the Guitar Hero instruments on the Xbox 360 yeah. for like everything, so I'm almost wondering whether or not that'll carry over uh it successfully to the Xbox One. Um, I know for a fact it won't. For and see, I I almost want to say it won't just because like it's really weird, but like the 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 Xbox 360 has proprietary uh. Uh, input, uh, they have like a proprietary input uh, firmware around their USB connection, which is why, like for example, like uh, Infinity portals or Skylander portals or anything USB based from the Wii and PlayStation Three are interchangeable. But 360 stuff is proprietary. Like you can't take 360 stuff to a Wii or PS3. It has to be 360 only. Right. Um, so I'm really curious to see when they mention that how well it'll work with Xbox One, and not only that. The Xbox One's uh, con- particular situation with USB, anyway, the fact that it's all in the back of that fucking like monstrosity of an interface back there, like I, I don't know. It, 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 it seriously, the, the 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 back interface of an Xbox One is kind of like a shitty Fisher Price toy where you fucking fit like what shape into what hole. Like there's so much shit back there. Like I, ugh, I'm not a fan of it um you know the ps4 is definitely a bit more streamlined in that regards um yeah. but yeah i'm really curious to see how that works and they said that even like what was that one non-instrument game that uh rock band had uh, it was blitz i believe
1: oh the the mobile game you're talking about
0: no they, and they released it on uh, xbox live and psn as well it oh. was it was just something that used the controllers
1: oh i don't yeah i don't i don't know i can't think of that one
0: i I I I want to say
1: it's called rock band blitz
0: but they said that even dlc because like it actually had quite a a, like a a few exclusives from there um but yeah i you know funny enough people are talking about how this might incentivize like activision to kind of like bring the guitar hero franchise back and i'm totally like no that shit is so fucking dead
2: (laughs) like yeah, I, as as I told Ray, like Harmonix is really the only developer I trust to bring this back. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, and I'm not 100 percent sure. A lot of it is, and uh, we we actually talked with uh, uh, Daniel Sussman, uh, the project lead on on, on Rock Band 4 uh, before the announcement, uh, and they seemed very. Uh, very clear that a lot of it was based on we we need to make sure we have the right distribution numbers. We need to make sure we're not like over shipping because that that is the key. Like we need to, we that 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 is like the biggest thing is, is making sure that they have the audience and they don't oversell or undersell the audience. So it it seems like that is is, is like something they're going to be watching really really closely.
0: I'm really curious on whether or not they'll include the keyboard support from the third game. I,
2: I almost want to say they they, they kind of seem to be moving on from the third game, uh, based on on what they said. It, it, it seemed like the third game was kind of uh, a, uh, a a blip for them. There was a lot of stuff that they they put in. Um, yeah, they specifically
1: they, they specifically mentioned Rock Band Pro as something yeah. that uh, kind of splintered their audience in a bad way. So they, yeah. I don't think you're going to be seeing too much of that
2: anymore. Yeah, it it, it seemed like it was a very. It'll be very much. The Anti Rock Band on Three, the, yeah, focused on the core. What rock, basically yeah, they kind of wanted to go back to the original Rock Band is, is the sense that I got, and it, we, they they more or less said that. Um, so I, I think they will be very, very focused on like the the largest audience as possible, and uh, not splintering that at all, and making sure that they don't over ship or undership.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, I feel like even then Activision, even if they were to slightly entertain the idea that they would I, it's like they would have no reason to really, because I, I the the big peripheral games they've moved on to is Skylanders and Skylanders is making them money.
3: Making uh, them a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
0: like they're like, I'll, I'll fucking cough up to it. I, I love me some Skylanders. So like it they would have no reason to kind of get into that whole thing again. I mean, sure. Rock band. I think if anything too, it'll be an opportunity for rock band to kind of reinvigorate the genre, kind of like, uh, distinguish themselves as the, the, the marquee, uh, title to kind of like keep it back in, in, in line with what people used to remember it for, because there's, I don't know, there's a lot of it aside from VR, every, nearly every single game that I've played, like, you know, Matt Thornton really started something or he was on to something with Towerfall, but nearly every single game that I saw was like some sort of drive towards couch cooperative or couch multiplayer. Like it's almost like the big uh, resurgence that we've seen within the last generation uh, put into online multiplayer is now either balanced out or even slightly shifted more focus towards local play. Because like that's how fucking toxic the internet's been. <laughs>
1: Who knows? Yeah. No. I, well, I, no. There was one game in particular that made me think of that that I played at, at Nintendo. Had a very small event, kind of showing off some games that were coming to eShop and more indie-oriented games. Um, one specifically is called Runbo. Um, it's from these guys over. It's 13AM is the name of the studio, and it's a Wii U uh, exclusive, I believe, and it's nine-player co-op. Or well, or well, or, or versus, right? It's nine-player ver, local versus, um, and you can use any controller that's basically been on a Nintendo system, either this this generation or last generation. So you can use the gamepad, the Pro controller, the Wiimote. You can even just use a nunchuck because it's only like got two buttons. Uh, as as long as it's plugged into somebody else's Wiimote, you can use it and be a separate player. So um, and we played. We a whole whole bunch of us gathered around the TV and had a ton of fun of it the whole idea is just that you're running from it's basically a race right and it's nine players you get to choose male female you put crazy costumes on it and you choose one of one of the different colors and you run for you're trying to get to the finish line and of course it's an obstacle course there's op there's uh you know spike traps and lava waterfalls and different things in your way not to mention the other combat another the other racers can hit you but what's awesome is is the reason why it's called rumbo and it's all really co- color oriented is is that all the platforms that you have to jump across on the obstacle course are different colors. And when the background of the world changes colors, some of those platforms will disappear. So if the world turns to pink, all the pink platforms disappear. The world turns to blue, all the blue platforms disappear. So it's just this really crazy, hectic game that was a ton of fun. And yeah, it was kind of going back to that where it was just nine people, amazingly, nine people going crazy with like, I think it was like five controllers between us. And it was just, uh, And there's also game modes that will obviously uh, appeal to uh, smaller crowds. But the fact they could support nine people and that they were doing it locally was really, really impressive and really a lot of fun. Uh,
0: I think another game that I really got the dig on too, like there was a lot of that at Indie Mega Booth. And uh, I don't know if you guys got the chance to check it out. I believe it was able to get on the uh, cutting room floor for uh, Sony support. But at the moment, it's still strictly PC. But it's called uh, "Push Me, Pull You," which is it's it's this weird human centipede ass cat dog Siamese sumo wrestling shit. <laughs> like it's it's.
2: I didn't see that. No,
0: no, like, all right, basically imagine like cat dog meets human centipede, like where oh, there that, are these. So,
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a appeal. I'm not. That does not. That doesn't sound like an appealing combination
2: to me. No, no, not really at all.
0: But imagine two wrestlers attached to each other, and they can stretch, contort, and do something with each other. And, and, and it's, like, the rules of, like, sumo wrestling meet bocce ball. So, like, they're, they're, you're, you're a team between, like, say me and Ray played against, like, you know, Andrew Fitch 1 and Andrew Fitch 2. Just let's fucking, just for uh, Well,
2: I'm already a twin, so. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We would each control one end of this, like, cat-dog-Siamese-twin-hybrid wrestler. And we would be in a ring where we would have our distinctive ball and then our opponent's ball. And we would try to push our opponent's ball outside of the ring without ours being pushed outside. So we'd wrap around. We can wrap around it like a snake. We can shrink or contort. And it's all done via analog. And just the physics and everything alone from there. It's really weird too because it um, the visuals of it all uh, remind me of like uh, they, they, they 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 remind me of like Hohokum and uh, Ludicolo like those very colorful like that Japanese fucking Paul Frank uh, like visual design, but it's
2: oh, very ho, strange. Hohokum ho, 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 was I think that was its own deal. It was kind of it it it, it was. An entity unto itself, I thought.
1: Yeah, I, But
0: I mean, as far as comparative aesthetics go.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, but it's it's still like, it, and the reason why I use all these gross like comparatives is because it's still like it's a very odd game that's really because like every time you stretch or contort, there's like these squishy fart noises or just like like <laughs> like it like it sounds like if you just like it, I can only imagine like when developing the game and somebody went into the fucking sound studio that they just took like Nickelodeon GAC and just like put that into the fucking mic because that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, and it, it was honestly one of my favorite games to play at, uh, Indie Mega Booth aside from another one that I thought was so stupid and gimmicky, like at first glance that like I, I had to try it and it ended up being like not only pretty intuitive, but fucking insane. Um, have you guys? Did you guys get to check out throwing trucks with your mind, or you no. hear about it?
2: No, I haven't heard about that. No.
0: So there's this head sensor that they that they put on you that's able to read your brain waves, and it reads your your amount of two. It's two fields that it focuses on: your focus and your calm. And based on that, depending on the degree of your focus or degree of your calm, it'll act as uh how much of that you'll have the tap into via, uh, via an ability pool. And you'll be given different telekinesis powers like that are centered only around, uh, the, uh, uh, like, for example, I have a bar that focuses on my focus and I have telekinesis that allows me to lift objects or to push them or to create like astral projection. And then my calm will be more defensive. I can make a force field or whatnot, but these bars are constantly shifting based on what you're physically thinking. And they apply that in a first-person shooter without there being any fucking guns. You're just given, like, a shitload of objects. or like, you're in a demo derby. Uh, and there's, like, big spike mace balls and trucks that you can pick up with your mind and fucking throw at people. But in order to do that, you have to focus. Like, if, if you're dying and you need to, you know, chill out somewhere and you don't think you can focus on, like, everything going on at hand... You just got to relax and tell yourself everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Your focus meter, or I'm sorry, your column meter will go up. And then it'll give you a chance to use a force field to protect yourself and stuff like that. It was one of these, it was, it was so weird. It gave me, like, this sense of empowerment that I thought was totally fucking gimmicky. And wouldn't work. like the, it totally reminded me of, like, the Vitality Sensor from Nintendo. Except it was, it, it works. And it was uh, strange. And... Uh, They're currently gearing this for market and they're going to include these uh, headset sensors, either a wired version or a Bluetooth version with the game. Uh, I don't know if it'll pick up per se or like it's weird because they're gearing this towards the uh, first person shooter market. And it's so ridiculous and abstract and even like like that game is so tongue in cheek, especially even with the characters themselves. I mean, you've got like this disco character and then a fucking dragon and then some, like poison ivy, broad, like they're, they're like the the goofy graphics and aesthetic and visuals, like definitely make it seem like something you compare to so, like a last ren and snippy cartoon. But they're really like they're aggressively marketing this to the like the PC Counter Strike fucking first person shooter crowd. And I don't know how well they're gonna do it, but I mean it it works surprisingly. I was actually I came away really impressed with that.
1: That's um, cool. See, I think I think this is something that th- that kind of shows that there's just so many, so many indie games, just not only, not only in terms yeah. of quality but also in quantity, uh, at at uh, at GDC. That was at GDC this year because like that, uh, between the three of us, we I think we've all we all saw a, a different smattering of games because there was yeah. just so much to do and so much to see.
2: Yeah, like, you know. like I was, I was uh, telling a couple of uh, my, my ex-coworkers uh, that I ran into at uh, uh, the uh, ID uh, at Xbox uh, uh, event, uh, and we talked about the, the mix that we all went to the, the previous night, and uh, I, I, I got into this with, with Ray, but I, I felt like some of it, it was a bit just too indie. Like, it, it's hard to distinguish, okay... Is this more than the concept? Uh, you know, you really have to take a look, and, and it's uh, it can be difficult to distinguish like which w- what's worth playing, what's more just a concept, you know. And then you have a g- game, for example like a let uh, me Max- massive chalice that was at the mix, which uh, I, it's really debatable whether that's indie or not. Like that's really have the resources that that double find that are, are are a lot, uh, you know, bigger than you know.
0: Andrew, define totally to me indie. what
2: game is too indie.
0: Like you make it sound yeah. like you need Joseph Gordon-Levitt to give you the kick to fucking yeah. bring you back <laughs> into the like the, the indie. Well, there's
2: just so, some some stuff that seemed like more prototype than the actual game. Um, uh, it, I, I, that was kind of my sense is, is that good ideas, but some of them weren't. Like, how realistic
0: are they in a consumer, uh, like, environment? yeah,
2: yeah, or just like, is it, was this really ready to be shown off? You, you know, is this more of a, is this more of something to get, you know, a publisher's attention or or, or something like that? It, 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 to me, it's it's getting harder and harder to, to to discern. And I mean, it's good that the barrier of entry is low. Um, it's just, um, at least from my perspective as someone who was going around looking at all this stuff, it was it was. Uh, hard to, um, hard to distinguish, but actually one thing that I, uh, was, was funny to me is, is I, uh, at that, uh, Xbox event, um, I was just, again, my, my thing is I wander around and I sort of look at what grabs me. I had never heard of, um, uh, this, uh, this game called The Flame and the Flood, which, uh, is by ex-irrational people. I, for i which is weird because i have you know followed you know the the irrational diaspora pretty closely but I, for some reason i had never heard of it i saw the game uh, which is sort of like a survival uh uh sort of stylized uh grafting type adventure in in uh, in the in the american south and but i had no idea that uh it was by ex irrational people but just looking at it it struck me i immediately sat down and, and i told the guy i i i told the guy uh Uh, Who was showing it off like I I have no idea what this game is but like it's it's just grabbing me and I want to try it out and then he said you know hey we're we're ex-irrational developers and uh this is this is our game and I was like wow that that's pretty amazing that like I I had no idea who they were but yet you know being a huge fan of rational games maybe there was some sort of subconscious DNA thing with thing that I saw with their game that I just immediately was drawn to it um I, I, so to me that that's sort of how i do it is, is if it, if it's striking to me um and uh, if if it seems like there's something there but it can, i think if it can be hard to discern like okay what what is uh what's worth my time and what isn't
0: you know it's funny and you you bring up a good point too like i went and uh i saw the games loading premiere uh that documentary that was uh in in the works and kickstarted uh and I feel like there's one crowd that's always highlighted uh, when it comes to independent developers, or, or one uh, aspect of it. When it's there, really two sides of the coin, and I feel like this year is the first year that uh, has justifiably represented the other, uh, often more overlooked aspect of independent development. Like generally, when you think of independent development, it's it's a dude in his garage. I'm like. Yeah, so you're a hamburger, and you can fucking, like, jump through, like, space. And then before you know it, it's an allegory for living with AIDS. Like, that, it's, it's just <laughs> this, like, silly, you know, DIY shit that people just think, like, I, you know, this is me, and I, I've had maybe a year of experience coding in XNA and Unity, and here's my fucking game. You know, and like a lot of that, and you know, and I totally, I have nothing against it. It may have sounded like I gave this like a, a, a negative spin, but I mean that that's usually when we think of, or that's generally the impression we get with independent. But then, you know, which I've seen a really positive representation of, uh, especially this year. Not so much in the last couple of years. It was this was the year, and that and that's what you mentioned, where it was a lot of people. We've already had their experience and have worked on, like, a bunch of established games and have been a part of, like, some really prestigious studios and teams. And because either by uh, volition of being laid off or just the the economic climate of, uh, you know, keeping a game studio like that up and up or the fact that they left by their own accord because they wanted uh, an opportunity to, to set their own desires. in. you, you see a lot of ex professional dudes, like go out and uh, fucking start their own game. Like I saw that with amplitude and like the endless series uh, you're mentioning with X rational, which I've seen lots of people from X rational are, well, who used to be a part of rational. I've seen yeah. people that used to part of double fine for crying out loud. One of the most fucking like open-minded and I, I would say like, most diverse of uh like bigger studios and and arguably i would still consider them big but yeah you've seen a, a lot of people who are like now they're becoming slightly disenchanted with like what direction i mean most big uh studios and publishers want them to go in which we're still seeing is a lot of fucking shooting um but yeah there's a lot of people who are still going and Funny enough, you're seeing those publishers go back and they're they're kind of having their cake and eat it too. Like, it's just strange to me. Like, Life is Strange, for example. Like, that's being published by Square Enix. But I forget, yeah. like, the, the developers It's behind. a don't nod.
2: Yeah. So, they I did, mean... They they remember me. Exactly.
0: Something that... And,
2: and, part, and part of the reason they went with Square Enix was because Square Enix was fine with a female protagonist and a lot of people weren't
0: which yeah and and i'm seeing i'm I'm definitely seeing a tide change for that there was actually like a really interesting panel that that did uh i don't remember the exact statistics but i remember we were uh we were sharing conversations about it uh like various gatherings within gdc as to like where they they've now aggregated that uh You know, most gaming demographics at large, as far as from a consumer standpoint, are more likely to either purchase or their attention is uh, more grabbed by a game representative or like spearheaded by a female protagonist now. Or uh, any game that gives you the opportunity to play as a female is is, uh, looked at from, uh, I don't know, I I would say a more success has reached a, a modicum of success more than it has within the last couple of years. And, I don't know, it, I would say for all the shittiness that, like, 2014 has been as far as uh, gender representation or, or just all that shit in general, like, GDC was definitely, I don't know, it was very positive. Like, even even with, like, a lot of the shit that kind of happened last year that kind of spoiled it, I mean, there was no controversy, there was no, because it, 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 it's every fucking GDC, whether it was the whole Phil Fish fiasco or the Notch Party situation, like, Everything kind of went over just fine, I, and like if anything, I I think it was it, it definitely stood as a uh, a sign of the times, or at least the fact that like there there's been some sort of progress made. So I don't know, I I was really happy with GDC overall this year. Uh, definitely definitely a lot of cool shit went down, and I I enjoyed every game I played. Uh, it would, is there anything that you guys are just like went poopy on though uh, other than like Andrew's just like that shit's too indie fuck that like you were too, <laughs> I,
2: I won't I won't call any any names on that because you know eh, who knows it, it, it might be better I I like to focus on the positive
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, from, I kind of agree I mean there was a, there was a couple of games that were kind of they looked like they could have used some more work before being shown to the public but I don't want to i don't want to call anybody out yet when they're still like oh or when they're they're still hopefully a couple years away from putting something out there that with enough polish and enough time and and you know with enough talent can can turn into something that is really spectacular
0: true i just feel like there there are certain games that i saw that focused way too much on marketing like i have Never in my life, and I still forget it, but it was there again, and it had even more swag. And, like, the game looked the exact and played the exact same way it did last year. And it's, like, Agent Awesome, I want to say. But, like, last year when we saw it, I mean, we were given a tote bag, a t-shirt, a Stein mug, a cup, a shot glass. Like, so much shit that just had... A poster! I think there was a poster, too. And it just made me realize, like, how much of this money has, like, been into all this and yet, I, you know, it, it... I don't know. It, it's weird because, like, this is the kind of shit that you'll either see at GDC or, uh, like, the shadowy corners of E3 next to, like, fucking all the other weird shit. Like, I always forget, like, it, I don't know if it's called the pavilion. It's that one weird hallway that you'll always see at E3 that has got, like, all the weird shit that isn't able to be on the floor. Um,
2: yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um but I don't know there there was definitely a, I would have to say that this was one of the more positive uh events and I I don't know I was happy to go ahead and see it and uh sad that we weren't able to go to Paxi's, but there's always all the other events but I think it's 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 about time we uh wrap this up So before we go ahead and do any of our other house cleaning Ray, Andrew, please, enlighten everyone who has uh, listened to Press Follows, Radio. Where could they find all of your works and everything? Like, Fucking plug away.
1: <laughs> well, EGM still of course lives on the internet as EGMnow.com. You can see our, all our reviews, previews, interviews, features, and uh, lots of news uh, over there. Um, we still, once in a while, will print the magazine. Um... <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, we're working on something right now.
1: Yeah, once in a blue moon, we'll we'll put some paper together and we'll put it on a store shelf. But uh, still, to see uh, just to, to get the most uh, uh, most of the what used to be EGM, I guess that flair and that flavor to get what what's what that's all about. Still, you can go to egmnow.com.
2: Mm-hmm. And I- we're doing yeah, we're do, we're doing. Uh, I, I'm trying to do a lot more like. Uh, I guess, commentary, personal stuff. So um, if you uh, if you visit, I think you'll see a lot more of that in the coming months, for sure.
0: You know, and whether they like to admit it or not, they definitely still got a lot of print. Like, I just picked up the 2015 Buyer's Guide, and I thought you guys did an excellent job with it. Um, plus, like, as far as, like, I don't know, there, there aren't a whole lot of avenues these days uh, for print. And you guys, I think you guys are still doing a great job at print. Don't sell yourself short
1: thank you George we we we, we try it's it, like you said it's not print isn't what it once was uh in terms of games especially with uh you know being the, the world the way it is is when you have you know YouTube and twitch it's like you know print print isn't print is doesn't have the reach that it once was but we still like to try and offer Ooh. something different and something interesting through that medium that I think that people who do take the time to pick it up and look at will enjoy
2: and we're doing streams on the website. So, you know, we're, we're certainly doing that stuff as well. So, trying to bridge have,
1: the gap between the past
2: yeah. and the present. Yeah, you can have, you can have everything to uh, go to our site. So, you
0: guys can find them at egmnow.com. And you can also register and do a lot of cool stuff. Definitely recommend you guys visit them. You guys can also uh, find these guys on Twitter. Where can they find you guys at
2: Twitter?
1: Uh, well, I'm just at Ray Carcillo. It's all one word R A Y C A R S I L L O.
2: And I'm uh, T-W-I-T-T-C-H, Twitch, that's, I actually came up with that, uh, Now the name like, actually was chosen for me, I thought it, it sounded good, but before, like, Twitch really got big, so, um, uh, yeah, the, the coincidence is totally coincidental.
0: I love the pick that you have especially for your Twitter profile, I think that's one of my favorites, because, like, it, it's Sisto? definitely, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because I like De- I like Deep Space Nine, and I'm a Giants fan, so it makes sense.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys can definitely find them on Twitter. You can find them on the website, and they also have their own podcast, the Game Over Podcast, which they do update from time to time. So definitely, uh, you can listen to their voices more over there. Uh, as far as us, it's just this is your first time listening to Press Podge Radio. You can rate or subscribe off of iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. Coming soon to Spotify. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're also on uh, Scatter Radio, and uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can also join our Steam Community Group and Curator Group over at uh, SteamCommunity. Uh, fuck, I don't remember the URL. Just like go to the website yeah, at PressPodRadio.com, and you can <laughs> join our uh, Steam Group where you can join us for game nights. We're uh, gearing up to launch our uh, Payday 2 uh, Game Fest, so we're looking forward to that. Also, our uh, Twitch streams where you can find over at uh, twitch.com slash and subscribe to us over at YouTube at youtube.com slash the PPR broadcast. We're doing a special series uh, or we're doing a special little look uh, with PlayPlay this coming week after GDC, which uh, we've already prepared where we're looking at the Bonk series as a whole. So you guys can see all the weird fucking Bonk games. Uh, Me and Sarah put that together and some other cool shit. And uh, yeah, we have uh, a lot of other stuff uh, underway. We're also gearing up for that Five Nights at Freddy's 2 uh, games club that we've been talking about since this is the first year where we haven't really started off with a games club yet. So you guys can find all that at our website at PBR.com as well as a shitload of reviews, editorials, and a bunch of other stuff. And if you haven't already followed or liked us on any of the stupid social networks that you can make friends and you know post selfies of, uh, you, you guys should fucking do that shit too. We're we're on all that shit, so it's great, it's wonderful. Uh, any any last and parting words you guys want to go ahead and you know kill the show with? Uh, I would lo- I'll give that I'll, I'll throw that on
1: you guys. Would you guys anything? Um, <laughs> wow, that's hard. That's a lot of pressure, George. You just dropped it on us like like it was nothing.
2: Um, mm. I have something. If Ray don't have an if yeah, have, go have for it, something. Andrew. Yeah. Um, I I know there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, gaming scene, uh, you know, the past year, so, uh, but I always feel like, you know, when I go to PAX or when I go to GDC, like actually talking to human beings and interacting with flesh and blood, uh, you know, I think it really makes all the difference. And, uh, I think that's what, um, we need to focus on is, you know, uh, the internet is kind of a cesspool at times, and I think it it kind of uh, overshadows or or we let it sort of define uh, certain elements of game culture when it really is not. And uh, I I think if you go to these events, you'll see that like uh, everyone there is cool. Everyone there just wants to talk about their games and then show off their games. And, uh, you know, you can get into conversations about all sorts of stuff. So if you actually go to these events, talk to people, uh, I think to me, that's the key. Just just don't even don't even bother with twitter really i know i know you said to follow everything but I, I i think the whole message board and twitter culture it's it's not really that healthy for games i think i i, I think uh you know go, going to these events and, and uh you know meeting people and talking to people and seeing that they're you know real life human beings you know making this stuff i think uh to me that that is uh that is the key so um that's my takeaway from uh this gdc and really all the events it's uh wow. you know fo- focus on focus on the, the reality and you know i realize that you know online stuff is is it plays a role but to me there's no uh there's no substitute for you know real life flesh and blood interaction i do I, I
0: was honestly not prepared for that but those are definitely some wise words like I, I literally thought it was just going to be a fart joke, and then here you go. You oh, no, no,
2: no! I keep it serious. Well, like you said, I'm the Eeyore, uh, I, I kind of like uh, analyze this stuff. No, it's just, it's just something. I, I, it, it gets so suffocating. The, 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 the sort of, uh, uh, you know, feelings and, and hatred. I see, I see, uh, I see online. It, it, it gets frustrating and 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 not. Um, not good. Like I, I, I said, I, I think the key is, is for people to actually go to these events and talk to people and see that you know they're they're all real, all real people, you know, not just avatars.
0: Wise words. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like you don't see a lot of that shittiness online that you see at like these events. And while GDC is more of a trade show, but even then, like a lot of the like I said, Lost Levels is open to everyone. I think is an excellent event that uh, I hope we see more of uh, year in and year out, and even just a lot of the like, pack stuff that doesn't happen at packs off the grounds of packs. Like everybody over there, you know, we we wish you all like a very safe trip. Uh, hope you guys are having a good time and and fucking stay warm and shit. Cause like, it's, ugh, like it, it's grossing me out just thinking about it. But like anyway, <laughs> um, yeah you guys fucking be be on your best behavior don't fuck it up because we're, we're we're doing kind of well so far 2015 is, is is okay so don't fuck it up and this has been press pod video at GDC thank you guys again for coming on the show you guys are always more than welcome to come back on uh, with the other crew I don't know we can we can definitely go into something and, and Andrew uh, really
2: loved, loved that last bit definitely glad it wasn't a fart joke yeah, no, I never go in that direction. That's that's for other people to go, so
0: I but maybe just one. One of these days you can No, just... no, I'm
2: I'm not I'm not into that. I'm not into that kind of <laughs> thing. <so. laughs>